This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. And we're back, everybody. Let's do this thing on a Monday off day for your Cleveland Indians. It is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast. And it is brought to you by our friends at WaitingForNextYear.com. Matt and Todd with you. Brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein and his crew. And, of course, Breaking Tea t-shirts at BreakingTea.com slash Dairy. Todd, what a wild weekend. This whole week for the Indians, these were like heavyweight fights against the White Sox and Reds. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. I'm glad the off day is here. I agree. We really needed it. As a fan, I needed it. I mean, you tell me, as someone who's watched more Indians baseball than anyone other than me, because I watch the same amount as you, could you remember a week in April or May in any season that was as intense as this last one that we just went through? Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I don't know about you. April or May intensity? I mean... That's what I'm saying. Like, usually you don't play these kind of games in April and May, but if we go back this week, if the White Sox series, those four games itself, that was an unbelievable series. You had Bieber, Giolito matching zeros in a game that felt like October, and even Bieber said so after the game, in the incredible win. So that was, they won two to nothing in extras in that one. Then you had the no-hitter by Carlos Rodon in the same series. How <laughs> was that gross? Terrible, terrible. Uh, and, and and then you had, the, uh, um, what was the other one? Saturday. Uh, we got blown out. Well, no, no, I'm saying they got blown out, and then there was the other close game. They won four to two. And then um, this weekend you had, you know, Friday night was a debacle. Saturday's game was. <laughs> I mean, if, if the Indians miss the playoffs by one game or end up in a play in game to get to the wild card, oh. there's only one game the entire fan base is going to remember. That's right. We have Josh our. Naylor watching, the, letting the uh, ball go through his legs like Bill Buckner. That's and then right. yesterday was an intense game, too, with the, with the. Ended up being a win. So, what a week it was. A lot of ups and downs. But again, you know, with the Indians in April notorious slow starters. I heard Ken Carmen say this this morning on, on 92.3 The Fan. He said, I say it every year. Let's Tall boy Friday. Yeah. Let's just, let's just get out of April at 500 and then, and then go. I, I, I kind of agree with that, especially this year with all the things that are going on. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't disagree. April's turned into a science experiment for Tito and Chernanetti and, and, and that three-headed monster because it's just like Colin Cowgill, Hanley Ramirez, Domingo Santana, Carlos uh, Gonzalez, Carla Cargo yeah. this year, Ben Gamble playing. Jake Bowers, Ben Gamble. Yeah, it, you're, you're so right. It happens every single year. And you know what it, You know what Tito always says? Oh, April in Cleveland. He uses that as the excuse to not bring up Oscar Mercado to start the season last time. He used it for Bradley Zimmer once. They used it for Francisco Lindor when he was a rookie. It's like their thing. But it, but but I think this time around, this is not about Tito wanting veterans at all. Maybe maybe he wanted Gamble, but uh, you know, 
from all indications, you know, and you could just tell by the amount of times that Tito waits until the ninth inning to trot Jake Bowers up in a pinch hitting opportunity against the left hander just to embarrass him. I don't think you know the, the fact that, that that there are games where where, where Tito plays. Chang over Bowers or moved Naylor to first base this weekend and, and didn't put Bowers in for defensive purposes in the ninth inning of, of Saturday's debacle tells you all you need to know about Jake Bowers and what Tito thinks of him. And it tells you all you need to know. <laughs> totally. So it's like, you know, it's Monday. We're recording this at 1130. How's Jake Bowers not been fucking DFA'd yet? No, I'm serious. Like, enough's oh. enough. It's an off day. Let this be a travel day for Bradley or Daniel Johnson up from Columbus. They're playing exhibition games in Columbus. I did some research today. I didn't even know they were playing those games in Columbus, but they are. And they're offering tickets at Clippers.com. But, um, uh, you know, Mar- you know. Me, man. <laughs> but, no, but it's like, get them out of here. Enough. What, what, what more do you need to see? Enough. Enough already. That's a direct quote, by the way, from Indians play-by-play man Tom Hamilton on this very podcast three weeks ago when we were discussing the, right at the beginning of the season. It was the week before uh, – it was a few days before the season started, and we asked him about the first-base job, and he said, I don't know why they say they have to see more of Jake Bowers. Haven't we seen enough already to know? I, uh, we, You and I have discussed this many times. I've heard this from people. Um, around the team as well, going back now three seasons. Tito Francona was not happy with how Jake Bowers handled his first taste of everyday play as a big leaguer uh, back in the 2019 season. Right, it was two years ago. Right, so much so that last year when the Indians were dying for outfield help, they tried everyone under the sun except for Jake Bowers, who never got called up. And then at the beginning of this year, it seems to me and anybody else who's watching that this is being forced on Tito. Now, you could also say, well, you know, shouldn't Tito have more pull, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I think ultimately he does have more say in his roster than most managers. But if you look now, basically, if you look now at baseball, these managers are nothing more than uh, Aaron boys for the general managers. You think that Jace Tingler is pulling the strings in San Diego? You know, well, I mean? that's not fair. That I think I think Tito, I think Tito definitely has. Well, I think Tito has more say than that guy. But, no, but that's my point. My point is Tito has more say than the majority of these guys. That, that's what I was saying. I wasn't saying that Tito. Oh, okay. Has no say. I got I'm saying he's got more say than someone like Jace Tingler in San Diego. Who you know? Are the, a lot of these new, these younger managers are just. Who's the manager in uh, uh, Arizona? Sure, sure. What about Toronto? Isn't that Charlie somebody? Montoya. Yeah, I mean, don't Los even Angeles know who he is. is. Making those calls. Yeah. Oh and, sure. Chicago. So uh, the, the point is, in certain instances, the front office wins, and I think honestly, and this is going to go back a long time. I got two instances. Number one, Eric Wedge. And Mark Shapiro had a partnership. And Chris Antonetti worked for that partnership. And I don't remember the exact year, but you know exactly where I'm going with this. Brandon Phillips was 22 years old or 23 years old at the time. Not this this again. 
Yeah, the Indians had a full season at 21. They played him at second base. He wasn't ready. The next season at age 22, he spent the entire year in AAA. Then he was going to be, I, I believe the story was he was out of options. And at a, I don't know, I don't. Uh, it doesn't seem to make sense, but I think he was out of options at the time. And it came down to Ramon Vasquez, to see Ramon Vasquez, and Brandon Phillips for the last spot on the roster. And Eric Wedge forced himself with the partnership, forced himself on uh, uh, Mark Shapiro and said, I do not want this punk on my team. You know, Brandon Phillips had the flashy play. He was, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say. I liked him a lot. They gave up on him too early. Long and the short of it is they traded him for Jeff Stevens, some swag reliever. And Brandon Phillips played in Major League Baseball about 15 years, made several all-star teams, and flourished in Cincinnati, and was a great player and a great teammate. And they gave up on him too quickly. And I think that that has to be in Antonetti's head. That's number one. And then another one is Gio Urshela. And I know this is going to – this is – I'm not saying revisionist history, but Gio Urshela – Another guy that, if you want us, I don't believe they gave up on him too early. I think they gave him every chance he could oh, yeah. to be great. And then he was airmailing uh, throws in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. So was Eric Gonzalez for that matter. But but uh, they Gonzo. dropped Gior's, Yeah, they dropped Giorgella, uh, and then you know so did Toronto, and then now he's flourishing in uh, in New York. So I think that that's also fresh in their head, and they don't want Jake. You know, if I have to hear one more time that Jake Bowers is 25 years old, I don't fucking care. He stinks. He's not good. You know, G- I see right. it. I mean, Gio. And you see it. Yeah, Gio. How does Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff not see that this guy's not a player? Well, and it might not necessarily be those guys. It might not necessarily. I mean, okay, yeah, on, yes. Let me just finish this thought, and then I'll and then I'll see yeah, yeah. Finally, if if the respected manager of your team, who is as respected as any manager in the game is basically telling you, I don't want this guy on my team. Why are you forcing him to make this guy your first baseman? They're lucky, by the way, that they played this many left-handed pitchers, so he hasn't had to play as much as he has. But I, and, and I tweeted this yesterday, and I caught a ton of flack, and people are like, oh, that's ridiculous and petty. I believe this, and I know you do too. Tito sent him up there a couple times late innings to pinch hit. He could have used Roberto Perez yesterday, and he or Saturday, Saturday. and he didn't. And, and he used Jake Bowers, and Bowers up against the lefty, and Bowers went up there and struck out. He looked at a pitch that was right down the middle, and then he swung at the pitch that was above his eyes for strike three. And I think Tito's saying to Antonetti and Chernoff, you wanted this fucker? You got him. This guy. <laughs> I'm with you on Random that. I'm with you on that. And people can say, well, who, who do Matt and Todd Derry know in the organization? They have no sources. Trust me. We know people. Okay, I know people. Unfortunately, people who know people, baby. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, number one Indians tribe, Indians podcast. There is that's what right. We don't know people. Come on. I mean, it, this is it's pretty obvious. And even if you don't know anybody and you're just a fan watching, if you can't see that Francona wants nothing to do with this guy, then 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 seriously, get your eyes checked because it's obvious. You're right. When he sends it, when he said, look, everybody does have to play in the Cincinnati series. I get it. They do. But when now you're moving, you know, you're moving Naylor over to first, you're not even using Bowers as a defensive replacement at the end of that game, which who knows, maybe that Tito should have done that. 
They lost the game. Everybody is accountable for, for a game like that. It was brutal on Saturday. It's one of the worst losses. That's right up there with the, 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 uh, the Cody Allen uh, Grand Slam in New York a few years ago loss. I mean, there's some, there's some bad ones. Um, you know, off the top of my head, road games like that. That one was just abysmal. I mean, hitting into triple plays. My God. Oh, my God. And, and, and the other thing, too, is they're hitting the ball hard. They're hitting it at people. You know, there was a, a, a play this week. I don't remember who was the hitter. Uh, it might have been Eddie Rosario. Grounds one to first. It takes this giant hop on the dirt. There's no way a 37-year-old Joey Votto skies and makes that play. Oh, but he did this weekend. We made. Jo- I love Joey Votto. Don't get me wrong. He's a really good player and a great personality. But, my God. He looked like freaking Willie Mays this weekend against us. I mean, just making plays defensively. Could We couldn't get him out. Not even Shane Bieber could get him out. So that was frustrating. But I think that that, 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 that CBC crew in the front office, that calculator and backpack crew, that, that, that just some, of those, some of those CBCers in our front office, I think, have whispered enough in Chernanetti's ear, Mike and Chris, that – we, we can't. We, we we if we DFA him, so he'll go somewhere else. And I I just I don't what? see it. Sometimes I, it doesn't. Work. See, that whole thing doesn't make sense. If it's not working here, yes, maybe will it work? See, Coco doesn't like Jake Bowers either. If if if, if, if it doesn't work here, sometimes you need to change the scenery, and sometimes it works out. Also, sometimes you DFA a guy, and he never makes it. But he's he's had enough chances here. It's like enough's enough. And I know. Listen. Uh, the Indians fan base is very infatuated with Bobby Bradley, and I, I, I still, while I believe that he was great and he did everything he should have this spring to get that job, I still think the most logical move for this team right now is to move Naylor to first base, make Jordan Luplo an everyday player. And, I mean, who, who's been more consistent on this team versus righties or lefties than Jordan Luplo, essentially? You, you gotta, He's you been gotta, fine. No, he has been fine, and he had a big home run yesterday. Huge home run a, yesterday. Listen, yeah, I'd say he's been more than fine. He's had two homers off of righties already. Every time he comes up against the lefty, you're starting him against the lefty, it's working. It, it is. He's He's been one of your more consistent hitters. So I, I think, personally, the best thing for this team right now is cut bait with dollars, move Naylor to first base, where it's his natural position, despite the fact that I know that he let that ball go through his legs. You know, while, while, while it's all fine and dandy, and yes, I know he let the ball go through his legs and things weren't great, you know, Class A could have gotten the next guy out, and then we wouldn't even have talked about it. So there's that, too. Well, you can't, give, think- you can't give a team like Cincinnati extra outs. Uh, Saturday was, was a nightmare from so many different, for so many different scenarios. I mean, Ugh. that game should have been a, a, a 6 nothing final or whatever. And, and give Cincinnati credit. That's a damn good team. They are scrappy. Uh, 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 they're they're, they're kind of uh, prickly at times. I mean, you you could, you could watch games this weekend and walk away, and I know you feel this way, Todd. Where you say I can't stand watching Adam Eaton, and I can't stand playing against oh. Jesse Winker. There are a couple of red, there are a couple of red asses, but you'd love them. If, but they would, you would love them if they were on our team. We totally need Jesse Winker. I told you this off season on this show. If the Reds want a shortstop, let's trade for Winker. I told you that. I said he's a he's an on the come bat that that might be coming into his own. There's a reason the Reds didn't trade him. I mean, he looks pretty good in, 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 with a thousand OPS in their leadoff spot right now. He does, but Man, what a weasel, huh? Him and Adam Eaton is is a gigantic weasel. Winker just 
annoyed me all weekend. And I, I texted this to you and the executive producer, Jeremy. I was like, I think I found my two least favorite players this year. And we faced them both in the same week. I can't imagine just like I know, but I would, I would, too. Winker is exactly what we need. He's a left yeah, hand, oh, left handed bat that can hit the ball out of the ballpark, but also hits it hard. He's not a great defender by any stretch. I don't know why. Every, every, every ball you Chang hit him yesterday, he booted. So he's not a great defender per se, but a bat that you can rely on that's, that's right now, and it's a couple weeks in. So let's not, let's not say he's the second coming of anybody from the big red machine, but he's a good player. And the Indians don't have that. I mean, we're sitting here trying to love Ahmed Rosario. You know, like you texted yesterday. I really like him. I do. He's, he's average. He's an average player. If Ahmed Rosario were any good, the Mets wouldn't have traded him. He's okay. I mean, let's come on. They were trying to get Francisco Lindor. Well, I know, but he's not. His name. He's okay. That's shortstop. He's okay. I apologize. I, I, I broke one of the two rules of the podcast. Moratorium. Never say the redacted ex shortstop's name and never call them anything other than the unnamed team. So I apologize for breaking the rules. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I think Ahmed Rosario is fine. But if if we're going to make a run here, and if this baseball team is going to do anything this year, that he can't be playing every day. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a utility because he's a utility guy. He's okay. Come on. You on on this team, he does. On this team, he probably does have to play every day. But on this team, but he's not that good. Is my point. I love Andres Jimenez. I, I I I would say that the jury is still out. I don't. I'm throwing away last year, and I think that the guy that we're I, I, listen. I think the guy that we're getting is more of the two, the, the 2019 version. I I didn't like that throw in center field because he's. Is you know yesterday when or was it no it was Saturday when they won in extra innings they uh, uh, I think it was Naquin hit a fly ball to center with the with the stupid man on second and nobody out rule um, and Rosario's arm was very reminiscent of uh, uh, Johnny Damon Grady Sizemore and Coco Crisp out there the three worst <laughs> outfield arms in recent Tribe history. If Coco Crisp, if Coco Crisp only had a better arm, he would have been up at the plate in the uh, in Game Seven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are we, we gonna we gonna bring that back up? No, no, uh, sorry, sorry. John Gomes airmailed that throw. He had to be. I know, I know. My point is, is you're right. On this team, Ahmed Rosario playing is is fine to me, but you know the hope is that they that they realize that all right, we got too many pitchers right now, so they got to make a move. Want to make a move? They got to make a move. Um, Gamble, I never want to see again. Bowers, I never want to see again. That's a little Richard Christie for you. I'm going to have to listen to the chess call. The, Ch- the Howard Stern, uh, Rich Sal and Richard chess call, a prank call. That's right. Yeah, you want to make a move? <laughs> but in all seriousness, like the hope is you bring up Daniel Johnson and he becomes an everyday player and you go, wow. Daniel Johnson every day, whether it's right field or center or whatever, and he's better than Ahmed Rosario. <laughs> that's that's the hope. Yeah, but you, but that, that, come on, you don't know that. No, I don't. I, but I'm saying that. is is we're playing this mix and match April platoon game, and I just I'd rather see better players. I I'm not saying I dislike Ahmed Rosario. I think he's fine. But like yesterday, you and Jeremy on the text, oh, I love Ahmed Rosario every day. Ahmed, I'm like. I He's a, he's meh. He's fine. I like watching Andres Jimenez. To me, is twenty two, uh, uh, makes plays at short and hits the ball really hard. Like 
And he's 22, finally getting his first crack at everyday play with fans in the stands. Last year, if you want to take that out, Rosario, the Mets gave him like three, four years. He was okay, but he wasn't what they thought he was going to be, and they shipped him out of town. So he's all right, but I'm just... But I would tell you that Rosario's bat is more reliable than Jimenez's bat right now. Plus, it's a right-handed bat, which I like. Um, You know, plenty of left-handed bats. You know, they, they need... Rosario's right-handed bat, in my opinion. I, yes, I'm not disagreeing so like with him. that. I like it. I think, I, listen, I'm all for Daniel Johnson coming up. In my opinion, as I said, DFA Bowers, you bring up Daniel Johnson in that spot, and not, and, and then, you know, whatever you want to do with Sam Hentges, uh, you know, uh, you want to keep him or, or not, you know, whatever you want to do. I, I don't know about that. But I, you need an extra bat, obviously, at this point. But I, to me... You'll give Daniel Johnson plenty of shots between center field and right field. But I think that their best lineup right now, for, from a hitting standpoint, is with Ahmed Rosario in center, Jordan Luplo in right, and Josh Naylor playing first. That's where I think that they'll be at their best. And then you can play Daniel Johnson where you need to, when you, you know, kind of rotate him around. Give him, you know, give him center field, give him right field. Um, you know, and, and, and another thing. Uh, Fernando Reyes did not look terrible in right field this weekend. No, he likes he playing the off. He was okay, other than him missing the cutoff, man, which drives me crazy. He, uh, every, so Eddie Rosario missed the cutoff. I, mean, we're, I know. It, it's funny. I, I I tweeted this yesterday. It was uh, uh, I mean, Eddie Rosario missed the cutoff, man. Or No, who was the no? It was Luplo. He was playing center field yesterday, right? Yeah. And he missed the cutoff, man. I was like, why is it that every one of our outfielders seemingly can't uh, – uh, in a cutoff man and my man Gage well responded and he's like uh, that's because most of them aren't really outfielders <laughs> I don't know. I mean why why did why I mean I know they were giving they were doing the whole Bowers versus Bradley thing in the spring it just the way they've constructed this roster and Zach Meisel brings it up all the time um, on the at the athletic and and on his podcast uh, you know with TJ I just the roster construction is baffling at times. Like you sit here and go, man, our front office really knows how to develop pitchers in the pitching factory. And look, look at what Brian Shaw has done and and everything else. And then you look at some of the construction of the roster, and it's like Rosario's playing center, but he didn't play center at all in the spring. Uh, Naylor's playing first. He didn't play first all spring. So it's like, what are you doing here? Because you, you got to look ahead and know. You have, you, have to, you have to put all the options out there for spring training and, and give these guys an opportunity. Doesn't make any they, sense. They, I, I agree. They botched it from the beginning. They should have had Ahmed Rosario playing outfield from day one. I don't know why they were so married to Naylor in the in right field. And again, I think this goes back to the front office telling Tito Naylor's going to be in the outfield and Jake Bowers is going to be at first, and that is what's going to happen. So make it happen. The more I look at it, the more I believe that's got to be the case. Like, why else would they have had Naylor? Every single day in right field, not even though his, he's a natural first baseman when first base was such a hole. It just doesn't something, – something's just not adding up. No, no. And normally I like to say this front office and Tito are in lockstep and on the same page, but this offseason and the way this roster is constructed, like you said, is a little baffling and makes me think, you know, maybe it's not as tight, maybe it's not as, tight as we thought it was. I don't know. Dairy Brothers Tribecast on a Monday off day for the uh, Indians. They'll be back at it against the White Sox for two games uh, at Progressive Field Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Chicago's playing pretty well. And then Thursday through Sunday, 
the worst team in the American League. That's right, the New York Yankees. Uh, at five and ten out of the gate, uh, come to town. We'll get you the pitching matchups coming up. Uh, we got to talk about Shane Bieber, Todd. Yesterday, I mean, the guy's breaking Major League Baseball records. I know in 2021, in 2021, we're seeing this swing and miss rate that is just alarming. I mean, nobody puts the ball in play. So then, when you combo that with Shane just being this dominant pitcher that nobody can touch. His numbers are unbelievable, man. I mean, this guy's special. We are so spoiled for what we've seen. And in basically, let's just kind of go back to we had, we had CC Sabathia, Cy Young Award winner in 2007. I'm not even going to talk about his uh, playoff. Postseason? Uh, yeah, yeah. No show? Uh, yes, I, I, I won't even bring that up. So that, you know, you had that season, which was great. Cliff Lee in 08 was better than CC was in 07. He was so, do you remember how great he oh, was? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was one of the best single seasons I've ever seen. I mean, every time he went out there, it was zeros and 10 strikeouts. The guy was unbelievable. Then we had basically Kluber won two Cy Youngs, probably should have won three and was in the top three in another season. We, we had an unbelievable run of complete dominance and now you're seeing, and then even like, even if you want to say Carrasco had a great, you know, run, uh, Clevenger had some dominant moments, but now these last three seasons of Shane Bieber, it's, it's like, we are unbelievably spoiled. And it, and it brings me back to the fact that you were born in 1973 and I was born in 1976. And I'd say for both of us, probably 1980 is probably where we started our real love for the Indians, let's say. From 1980 to 19 to, to 2007, basically, we saw none of this. We didn't have anything like this. No, now, right, right. You had some veterans, right? You had some veterans in the 90s, and you know Charles Nagy types, but nothing this dominant. No. Yeah, I mean, you put Nagy on this staff today, and he's you know fourth starter. You know, in the last couple of years, I mean, yeah, great. You know, great pitcher for the Indians was was wonderful guy and. You know, did great here, but I mean, the the, be, the best of the best back, you know, for the Indians was Bartolo, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's a good call. Know. Yeah, and, but you it's know. unbelievable, and we're so lucky to watch it. And that game uh, um, Tuesday against was it Tuesday or Monday? Beaver Giolito, whatever day it was, was just as good as it gets. That is, it was for for baseball nerds like me and you who love pitching duels. I thought that that was so fabulous to watch. I loved it. I loved it, despite the fact that you know it was two nothing in ten innings. It was one of the best games I've I've seen in years. Truly, this team's playing so many close games. I mean, I know that they got blown out Friday night against the Reds, and that was just Plesac having a bad night. And then the the route against the White Sox. Um, that's what I meant. The White Sox loss um, against uh, against Plesac, and then Lo- Logan yeah. Logan Allen on Friday, but. Other than that, I mean, this team's playing a lot of tight games. And you look up and you go, you know, if you want to win those games, you got to have the, the bullpen arms. And, you know, Karen Chad came in even yesterday and was just, or Saturday, uh, and, and blew away the Reds. And, again, Cincinnati has a very good team. That lineup is good. Yeah. Um, I don't know why Tyler Naquin saw anything above the belt ever. And the two mistakes below, below the belt, below the and, and why well, you never know, but he should only be seeing pitches above the belt. But you're right, belt, belt and up, yeah, yeah, 
you know, so it was weird kind of seeing Naquin take Shane Bieber deep yesterday. But, um, you know, this team can stick around. You know, you made the point last week, like, we're not going anywhere. It's a good team. But it doesn't have the the firepower in the lineup that the White Sox have. And that was even with, uh, you know, Tim Anderson at about 80%. Now he's back and raking and uh, uh, already on base against the Red Sox today and got a score to run. Um, And then the Reds lineup. So... You know, they, 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 that's that's what's the frustrating part is that this pitching is good. The bullpen's excellent. You know, Class A would have had a save on Saturday um, if Naylor comes up with that ball. So the Indians are set there. It's just a matter of figuring out this offense and, you know, and then kind of just going from there. But the schedule's not going to get any easier. I mean, the White Sox, again, I don't think the Yankees are going to play this poorly again ever. Hopefully they don't wake up against us, which they have done before. You know, and then the Twins, so it's like, man, and then the White Sox again. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Well, we will have had three series with the White Sox in the first, in, in, in basically four weeks, and then you don't see them again until uh, September. Uh, no, I'm sorry, late July, there's a three-game series. You know, the 30th, 31st, and August 1st. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird, but, uh, you know, First of all, it's weather permitting. I don't know if you know this, but the weather here is supposed to be atrocious. It's supposed to be about 30 degrees and snow three inches on Wednesday. So I'm going to guess that Wednesday's game is not going to happen, which I'm supposed to be going to, by the way. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be terrible weather, and it's supposed to not be great all weekend. So we shall see what happens when you get to the pitching matchups there. But, yeah, this is a... This is definitely a tough run. I mean, obviously, you got to start off with Detroit and Kansas City. Detroit's playing are, 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 are the unnamed team. I broke both rules in the same podcast. Uh, unnamed in, in Kansas City. The, the Royals are playing some good baseball. They are. They are. You look First at you look, Kansas City Royals. That's right. And you know they're 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 hitting. They've got they, their lineups pretty good. Right. They're hitting. That's it. They're like you put their lineup with our pitching staff, and you'd have probably the best team in the American League right now. It just it's and I know it's so early and you you think about all the bitching that we're doing and talking about the negative stuff and obviously we brought up Bieber and look Class A has been great. Um, wow, I mean the that dude has been great. I mean look at that. The, the formula was there on Saturday, by the way. Yeah, Justin McKenzie, you know he's he seems to they're you know whatever you want to say about his velocity and they're building him up and whatever it is, it seems like he's basically a five inning pitcher at this point, like that. And you're turning it over to the Uncle Brian 2.0, Brian Shaw in the sixth, Whitgren in the seventh, Karen Jack in the eighth, and Classe in the ninth. And it's it, it's basically been game over. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Saturday was the day. That was, I mean, you know, and and and, and the, you know, the other issue with with this past weekend was the pitcher hitting and all the stupid oh. maneuvering that had to go on, and in Bowers batting eighth on Friday and being intentionally walked. Uh, to get to Logan Allen, and then Saturday, uh, Hedges Hedges being intentionally, I mean, intentionally walking Austin Hedges. I mean that, I mean that's that's pure comedy. And, and Major League Baseball just sits there and allows this. It's a joke. This is not 19 early 70s anymore. Let's try something different. Let's try this DH thing and have it in two different leagues and make it enough. Can you imagine? I mean, yesterday I was thinking about this. And I kind of texted you, like, why wasn't Bieber bunting there? And then, you know what, after the text, I realized, I don't want him squaring up and putting his body in front of home plate. What if he breaks a finger on it? Inside? Take a nice light nope. swing, jog to first, and get back in the dugout get and don't get hurt. Right. Don't get hurt. Yep. 
But that shouldn't be the way the game's played. That's stupid. Nope. Yeah. So stupid. I agree. All right. Uh, we got to talk about the rest of the week and obviously uh, what, what what's ahead, like you said, Todd. Um, but you got to tell us about Dr. Ben and the crew at the Center for Advanced Dentistry. Uh, ben is a Cincinnati guy, isn't he? So, uh, you know, I mean, he's still, he's yes. a Clevelander through he's and through. A, he's but. A, yes, he's a, but he's a Cleveland sports fan and University of Cincinnati basketball, who, by the way, hired a new head coach, Wes Miller. I, I haven't had that conversation with Dr. Ben yet, but uh, uh, kudos to him. And you know what? The truth is, if you're looking for the best dentist in Northeastern Ohio, if you're looking for the best dentist in all of America, you got to go to the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein, and his new partner, Dr. Sean Slessel. If you live on the east side, it's great. He's right off, They're right off of uh, the Chagrin Boulevard exit there off of 271, right there in Beechwood in Orange Place. Um, pretty simple to get to. The nicest people, they treat you so well. They have such great, uh, everything there is so clean. It's just a positive environment where they make you feel at ease. It's really, truly a pleasure going. And I know no one likes going to the dentist, but you know what? They make you like it because they're so friendly and so good at what they do. So if you need a, a dentist and you live on the east side or you don't care about the 20, 25-minute drive and you live on the west side, check them out, cfad.net, or give them a call at 216-595-1710. They'll talk teeth. They'll talk tribe. They'll talk bronze, whatever you want. Give him a call, 216-595-1710. Dr. Ben Hornstein, Dr. Sean Schlussel. Tell him the Dairy Brothers sent you, and uh, they'll hook you up. Speaking of hooking up, uh, the new uh, Cleveland Indians shirt is available at breakingtea.com slash dairy. D-E-R-Y takes you right to the Cleveland collection. If you're a Browns fan, you want a new a cool Baker Mayfield t-shirt, a new one that says Believe in Baker, check it out at breakingtea.com slash dairy. But also the new Brian Shaw. Who knew that there would be a Brian Shaw t-shirt? But there is an Uncle Brian and the rest of the boys t-shirt with the, the state of Ohio kind of logo on it. It's a very cool-looking shirt. There's the blue one. Did you get the blue one? Um, yes. I was just going to say, you know who just bought that shirt? This guy. Yeah, there you go. Me. So Todd went to breakingt.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y, and he put in the promo code, TribeCast10, to get 10% off. You can do the same, whether it's Brown Stuff, Tribe, even Cavs, the uh, Jarrett Allen for Ohio shirt. Are they still playing basketball professionally uh, in that city? <laughs> I, I, as far as I know, I, I again, I'm just waiting for my Dean Wade t-shirt. That's all. <laughs> so breakingtea.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y, takes you right to the Cleveland Collection. And uh, we appreciate them certainly for uh, being our great subscribers as well here on the uh, Dairy Brothers Tribecast. Isn't there somebody, too, doing a Tribecast that tried to, like, steal our bit here for podcasting? Why, why would you alert anybody to that? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're the originals, no, man. Listen, what? there's only the, the, the only the only other one I will give credit to is because they're, they're friends of ours is is uh, uh, Zach and PJ. That's it. The Selby That's is it. Godcast, of course. Yeah. Listen, I'm an equal. Op- I think everybody should listen to all tribe podcasts. There's lots of great stuff. Oh, and of course, our great friend Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Alice over at uh, uh, um, um, your other one, Locked On Indians. Yes, Locked On. Yes. And, and we're going to be actually going to do a little crossover with, with him coming up soon with video and everything. Uh, oh, man. That out. That's so, going to be sweet. Yeah. 
But it, it, you know, let, let's let's uh, let's talk about something very important. Yes. What would you do if you were Bobby Bradley and oh. you were going to get passed over again? Like at a certain point, and you're Bobby Bradley. What would you do with that? I think like, the kid. I think the attitude? kid. I think the kid has a good attitude. He worked hard, and you have to stay ready. You have to stay ready. I mean, they're playing. They're, at least they're playing games against other teams in Columbus and traveling before they start playing for real. So it's not like he's just sitting there at Lake County or he's sitting there in Arizona. They're playing exhibition games, so that's good. But what can you really do? I mean, are they playing against anybody, by the way, besides Indianapolis, or is that just they're doing it because it's close? Uh, no, I think close. they. Are. I think they're playing Louisville too. I think. Those oh, okay, are, well, that, yeah, I guess that those are pretty close. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure they're traveling it to Scranton, Wilkesbury, or whatever. But uh, I did, I did see that they're playing, they're playing games. So who knows if they're in Indianapolis in a couple of weekends? Uh, maybe I'll go. Oh, you got scouting. it, scout. Actually, the executive producer and I, after taking a look at the rosters, I, we're very intrigued to go down to Akron because uh, they got a lot. You know, that's where where Gabriel Arias is and Tyler Freeman. There's a lot of intriguing prospects down there that that uh, you know what once things get settled and they start playing, um, I believe we're we're going to go down there. Um, that, got that's, to, that's, got uh, to. No, the minor league teams are going to be good. I mean, Arias is getting some abs with Columbus already um, and playing some third base. I know Bradley Zimmer hit a couple of bombs the other day. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to see him again. Actually, we're having this conversation. I, I, I'm, He's a waste of the 40-man roster spot at this point. I, I'm done. And you know where he lost me, by the way? And and I think the reason why he, he got passed over again, besides the fact that he's not that good anymore, or anymore, that he's not that good, should I say? You remember a couple years ago when he, he was hurt and the team asked him, and they said, we really want you to go down to winter ball and get some game at bats. And he's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I know. I know. That I, was... think that, I think that really turned him off. Not a good look. I mean, if he could if he couldn't break camp this year, how are you going to ever use him? You know what I mean. Plus, you got Daniel Johnson, you got Oscar Mercado, and, they're, they're, and now all of a sudden Jordan Luplo is playing well, and he's playing center field, and they're trying to med Rosario in center field. Like, like there's there's a lot of people in line ahead of him. I don't know, man. I mean, I I just think that all these guys should be, you know, good at it. It's hard. It is hard. I get it. You've been passed yeah. over, and it's a pandemic, and you're you're down in Columbus. You're playing exhibition games. But you got to be ready. You never know when there's an injury or whatever. And the, the the Indians have brought guys up in May, and they've stayed the whole year before. That's you mentioned Mercado before. That's happened. All right. So let's go over this week and wrap up here. So two games with the White Sox. You said the weather is going to be bad. So let's see. Yes. But unfortunately, it appeared at the end of last week that the the White Sox, based on having to play a doubleheader having to play four games with Boston, that Rodon, Carlos Rodon, who no-hit the Indians last week on Wednesday, uh, would have pitched on Monday um, for the Red so- for the White Sox today on the Patriots League day game against Boston. Well, due to injuries to Lance Lynn and uh, games getting canceled and then they had to do a doubleheader, Rodon is going to pitch uh, on, t- on Tuesday against Zach Plesak again. So... That ought to be interesting. Uh, Wednesday, to be determined for the White Sox against Savali. With Lynn on the DL, the White Sox need another starter. And Giolito pitched today, and then they used a bunch of guys Saturday and Sunday. So we'll see what Chicago does. Uh, 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael uh, Kopech pitched. Yeah, he's not pitching until Friday. And then they, he, he's he not pitching until Friday. Two games in the doubleheader, too, so it can't be him. No, it's not going to be him. I heard LaRusse yeah. say that. The genius uh, before uh, before the you game. You watch him walk to the mound this week. He's he the like worst. He can't even move. Hate he's him. the worst. Hate him. Uh, so then uh, three, uh, four games of the Yankees. Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon. Uh, Thursday, Jordan Montgomery, the left-hander, against Logan Allen. Friday, if the Indians want, they could put Bieber there ahead of McKenzie and pitch Bieber against Garrett Cole, because Garrett Cole will pitch Friday. Or they could just keep it in the same line, have McKenzie pitch Friday and give Bieber an extra day and have him pitch Saturday. Uh, I I think that they should skip McKenzie because... The, the the way things it, 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 they've been babying him and we talked about this before and he's really become a, he's he's essentially a five inning pitcher and the other the other thing you might consider doing is basically flip flopping them because I actually I, I got a, a, a I can't remember which uh, um, Zellman brother it was but yesterday I really brought up a good point you gotta because of the way. Uh, McKenzie and Allen have kind of been five inning pitchers at most. You might want to have one of those guys behind Bieber in the rotation. Yeah, that's why you can move. Yeah, you can move totally move Bieber up and then have McKenzie after. You're right. I, the Indians yeah. might do that. Um, Plesac will pitch in between. Yeah, put put him in between Bieber and Plesac, or yeah. even between you know Plesac and, and Savali. Even the way Savali's been going wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, and then Plesac would pitch Sunday, and then the Yankees would have to decide who to put where. Tyon would pitch Sunday. Domingo Herman is supposedly coming back. Uh, remember, he was in the rotation at the start of the year for the Yankees. He's been a, an arm they've liked for years, but he got shellacked in his first two starts, and then they sent him down. But now, because New York's struggled pitching, I mean, Corey Kluber we will not see, which is sad, because I would have loved to have seen him come back to Progressive Field and get the kind of you know the video tribute and the standing ovation and all that. But he's pitching Wednesday, so he's not even going to get to be a part of this whole thing. Uh, you know they'll see every starter but him, but it just depends on what day they use those guys. But they can move Cole, try to match up Cole against Beaver. They can Beaver. They could put Herman there. So it's sort of sort of up in the air for this week. But those are the guys that you know you'll see. Uh, a couple of lefties with Rodon and, and Montgomery. The Indians have got to get the offense going. And against Rodon this week, I mean those those at bats and then not a lot of hard hit balls. The, the Indians have hit the ball pretty hard and had some bad luck, but on that day, no. Rodon owned them, owned them. And he, you know, the, the thing about Rodon is, you know, he was like a first-round draft pick. He was a very high, he was supposed to be, a, a, you know, he was supposed to be a stud, and he just, it kind of didn't work for him. And then, then he got hurt, and he had Tommy John surgery, and now he's back after, a, you know, he had the abbreviated stint last year. They brought him back for next to nothing, and he's throwing harder than he's ever thrown before. He was hitting 98. I know, day. I know. Untendered I mean, and brought back. It does seem like everybody's hitting 98 these days, but still, he he was great. I mean, I you got to sometimes you just got to tip your cap, and and that was it, man. He just dominated. He was good, no question. All right, Todd, an eight and seven ball club could be a lot better, uh, but you know, could be a lot worse. I, I mean. Should have had Saturday's game, and so if you really look up and go, man, split with the White Sox in Chicago after being no hit, and then taking two out of three from the Reds, and of course they dropped two of three, wouldn't have been a bad week. So we'll see how it goes this week. Not going to get any easier. I I think the Yankees will play much better than they've been playing. So uh, we'll talk again next week. Sounds good, brother. Dairy Brothers Tribecast from waitingfornextyear.com. We'll see you next week. 
Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on.